He konai purangi tēnei nā te reo irirangi o Aotearoa. Ireland sits on the western edge of a large landmass. Quite close with its neighbours, it shares its flora and fauna with other European countries. Aotearoa New Zealand spun out on its own 80 million years ago. Lacking mammals, except for two small bats, birds there went off in their own direction. Which islands ended up the richer, the weirder, the better off for birds? Today, we pit island against island, bird against bird, to determine the inaugural winner of the Great Ireland versus New Zealand Bird Off. Welcome to this special Bird Off edition of Our Changing World. New Zealand is known for its birds, but is it all feathers and no fly? How do Aotearoa avifauna stack up against those from the Emerald Isle? This was the question never asked, that we decided desperately needed answering. Today I'll be acting as host, self-appointed adjudicator and breaker up of brawls, because there's nothing more likely to get fiery than pitting two bird nerds against each other. You'll have noticed that I'm Irish, and obviously I live in New Zealand. So for me, this is all kinds of personal. But two conflicts of interest cancel each other out, right? Let's meet the representatives. Putting forward the case for Ireland will be Ricky Whelan. Ricky is the Biodiversity Officer at Offaly County Council. From the very, very centre of the country, and I've spent the last 15 years as a environmentalist, nature conservationist, ornithologist. Flying the New Zealand flag is Jamie McCauley, conservation biologist at the Department of Conservation in Tiano. Kia ora, yeah, so I work with a range of different threatened species in New Zealand, um, work with kia, work um, a little bit with kiwi, big fan of the old rock wren, and I've worked with a bunch of different other New Zealand bird species and conservation programs kind of all, all over the North and South Island. How this works is that each representative will put forward a candidate bird per category. The categories have been arbitrarily created by me and I will judge and award points to the bird I deem the winner. As chosen by their representatives, points for Ireland will be celebrated by the call of the hooded crow. <coughs> and for New Zealand, the Kia Warble call. First, though, I asked for the quick pitch. Why do they believe that their nation should be crowned the champ? Shoved off the edge of Europe, much maligned little island nation, and we're hanging in there. We're the first sort of guys you're going to hit on the way from America and the last guys you're going to hit on the way out of Europe. So we've got a lot of responsibility on our edge of the world where lots of birds sort of come and go and hang out here winter and summer. So we got a, we got some guys to look after here, yeah. Ooh, trying to out-edge the world us. Uh, look, I think New Zealand is a nation of birds. Uh, we, are, we are the land of birds. Um, and I will clearly demonstrate this over the next uh, fascinating podcast episode. Time for our first category, the biggest. The biggest bird in Ireland is really very much depends on if we're going for wingland, weight or tallness. So it actually is the mute swan which is the most common of our swans, possibly the most boring of our swans. But very close competitor would be the white-tailed sea eagle, which people would probably prefer because it's a lot more charismatic and deadly. 
So I would say uh, the mute swan has a seven foot plus wingspan, whereas the white-tailed seagull has a, an eight foot wingspan and would be described as a flying barn door. For background, we can only in Ireland we can only reclaim white-tailed seagull on our list from about a decade ago when they're reintroduced to the island. Um, but yeah, I'm happy, absolutely happy to put white-tailed seagull ahead. So coming in at a, a, a seven kilograms and an eight foot wingspan, pretty big bird. All right, Ireland's competitor has been set forth. Jamie, what have you got? Well, you know, like New Zealand's got big birds. We, we that's that's our thing, right? We got giant megafauna that you know inhabited this land. You know, the South Island giant mower is the obvious example here. It's going to dominate the weight category, like two hundred kilos, three point six meters. You know, this is this is the big boy wingspan. <laughs> wingspan's going to catch me up, but I wasn't expecting that. But um, but you know, I reckon I, I reckon I'm safe on this. New Zealand's got that. That's a solid point. And you can only call wingspan if the bird can actually fly with its wings. <laughs> yeah. Woo. Also, are you putting forward an extinct bird, Jamie? We're going to have to check the competition rules here. Uh, yeah, I didn't have an extensive look through the rule book, but I think, uh, yeah, yeah, I think that's all right. Are we, are we, I mean, if we want to go extinct, extinct, we can go Hasty Eagle Giant, you know, largest raptor ever to live, 4.5 metre wingspan, you know, used to prey on the mower. What you were saying there at the start, Ricky, about the white-tailed eagle actually returning to Ireland, I mean, that's something that can't happen for many of the birds in New Zealand, right, Jamie? Because they're endemic, they're only found here, they're not getting shared with anything else. Whereas in Ireland, because of the close geographical proximity to Europe, you actually share many of your birds. Yeah, we share nearly all of our birds elsewhere. So if they do go extinct, we've got other populations we can pull from. But from a genetic point of view, probably not the sort of best thing you can do, but at some, in some cases, it's the only thing you can do. So we can just reach over to our Norwegian friends and say, look, can we, we borrow some of those eggs uh, and everything else. But like you say, in New Zealand, you can't because you're, you're very uh, individual and bespoke on that front. So, yeah. After our bird-off team of researchers combed through the extensive competition rulebook, it was determined that extinct birds are in fact not allowed, immediately putting New Zealand at a disadvantage. Oh, so many of my birds that I've written down are extinct. The point is awarded to the white-tailed sea eagle, giving Ireland the early lead. <coughs> On to the next category, from the biggest to the smallest. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay, so this, this one I've got. Our smallest bird species is the rifleman in New Zealand, Titipornamu. It is this darling little thing. It is just so tiny. I've actually held one of these in my hand when I was doing some research um, up in a place called the Balloon Plateau in Kahurangi National Park. We were catching some birds to try and estimate how many of these things are getting eaten by invasive predators. And I, and I caught one, and it was it was snowing at the time. It was It was just freezing in this tiny little bird and having to having to try and take a blood sample from under the wing with the the, the tiniest little bird and the even tinier little little needle to try and take and I just felt this immense weight of responsibility of sort of this is what we as humanity have this ability to affect all these other species in a positive or negative way and so these are our favourite bird. They are fantastic. They weigh the same amount as a as a box of matches. And I know this because I went last night and I and I put my box of matches onto the and I actually had to take a few matches out to get it down to the weight of a rifleman. So a box of matches minus a few 
Rifleman Titipornamu. Fantastic little bird. Beat that! Yeah, I see a rifleman. So if you asked any Irishman on the street what the smallest bird in Ireland was, they would say wren. But in actual fact, the smallest one is a little guy, much cooler, very, very similar sort of love for it as Jamie has for the rifleman in the Goldcrest, which ranges between five and seven grams and just like tiny little wingspan, 15 sort of centimetres. So they're mini-me's and they can spend their entire life in one conifer tree where they just survive in this little micro sort of ecological niche that they have in there just feeding on tiny little insects and invertebrates picking along the bark and they make this really really high pitched ascending call and once you're kind of 18 plus the pitch is so high you can lose the ability to hear it sort of quite a bit so I'd be leading walks bird song walks I'd be like pointing into some conifer trees going oh there's the goldcrest there's the goldcrest and I've lost half my audience they're like he's making it up um, <laughs> but these guys they're, they're really special and we have a really special species of tree in Ireland in the Irish yew which is a conifer tree and we traditionally planted them in graveyards because they're poisonous to herbivorous mammals so they would keep sort of grazing animals out of the graveyard so in every graveyard you have a little population of goldcrests and I think it's a really nice little connection there but size wise they're not I would say or there, thereabouts. If the rifleman and the goldcrest were jockeys, the goldcrest would be just carrying a tiny, tiny, tiny handicap. Uh, do we know what the weight of a box of matches is? Ricky's given us some grams here. Did you did you get a uh, gram amount for your box of matches minus a few matches? Yeah, I actually I actually looked up in my field notebook to see when I had that that rifleman. How much did it weigh? Um, and it was it was six point five grams that particular one, but they, they, between about five and, and eight point five other riflemen. So, mm. okay, so we're kind of neck and neck. Okay, here. I've something that. I've something that. The Goldcrest, so called, because he has a wicked yellow mohawk. Ooh, the rifleman. Two different yarns for the rifleman name. One is that they, they've got a green jacket, sort of, which is sort of similar to, to what they called the rifleman that had come across as part of the colonial force from the UK. Uh, the second one, which I prefer to like a bit more, is that they sort of, um, as they're foraging, you watch them, you're looking up into the canopy and watching them forage around a tree, and they sort of rifle around the tree, as in they, they make a spiralling foraging pattern, which is the same as a bullet does within a rifle barrel, which is quite pretty in itself. So uh, not a small fact, but a, a fact, you know. <laughs> That's a point in that, easy. I just Googled what he looks like. He's essentially a gold crest without the, the crest. <laughs> I would... Given given that I romped home with the first category, I think we can give this one to the rifleman. That crest probably weighs a little bit too. <laughs> Ricky, with perhaps some overconfidence there, actually handing points to New Zealand. <laughs> Will he rue this decision later? And with some wild and weird categories to come, it's all to play for. To find out who wins, you'll have to tune in next week for the second half of the Great Ireland versus New Zealand Bird Off. Huge thanks to Ricky Whelan and Jamie McCauley and to Mary Kyo of Port Arlington Enterprise Centre for use of their recording booth. This episode was produced by me, Claire Kincannon, with help from Justin Gregory and Ellen Rikers. Sound engineering was by Phil Benj and Tim Watkin is executive producer of podcasts and series at RNZ. Find and follow the Our Changing World podcast on your favourite podcast app and that way you'll never miss an episode. 
You can find our webpage at rnz.co.nz slash ourchangingworld and find us on Twitter or Facebook where we are at RNZ Science. Who would you vote for? Tēnā koe mai. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Claire Kincannon. Have a great week. Kia pai. Bō wiki.